0: Hi folks, Uh, before we get on with this episode of Garage Gamer, uh, today I speak to uh, the guy running the WarScore website as well as the developer of the software, my friend Bill Robertson. Uh, We talked to Ryan Nickel about changes in how we're going to determine the uh, people who uh, represent the Midwest at the U.S. Masters. And I talked to Jerry Parsley, who is the chairman for the USA Masters. Uh, You know, we go over the rules and some of the things that are going on. And then after we recorded it, uh, a couple of people had some questions and some objections. And, you know, there's like eight regions and we can't all seem to always get along. And (laughs) uh, it wasn't anything nasty. It was just there might be some changes. And. If there are some changes, we will try and keep you posted and let you know. But uh, Jerry and I just decided that it would be easier to put up this little caveat in the front of the episode rather than take our time to re-record the whole darn thing over a potential change or two. So please go to wargamersusa.com and uh, you check out the actual rules pack. There may be some small discrepancies from what we're telling you here. Uh, And uh, eventually, Jerry's going to be back on And if there are discrepancies, we will address them It's just, you know, for an an extra minute or so To redo everything, just for those little changes um, Would be kind of a pain So, on with the show And uh, sorry if there's any uh, mistakes Thanks
1: We won again This is good what is best in life? How about? What? Wrong!
2: I would summon a demon Moloch the and all in hell.
0: Wrong! That is broken logic. Wrong!
1: Conan,
0: what is best in life? Clap your enemy, see them driven <abei> before you.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they are a lamentation of your women. That is <jewelopus> this That is this <sail>
0: On the tree of woe. Howdy howdy howdy. Welcome everybody to another episode of Garage Gamer. Uh we are going to be revisiting our US Masters coverage. And of course, if we're gonna talk US Masters, gotta have Jerry here with us. So please welcome back to the show, Jerry Parsley. Jerry, what's going on?
2: What's going on, fellas? Glad to be here.
0: Not much. We're just uh, covering all things Masters this episode. Um, so I know, um, as you put it, with Garage Hammer being the official media outlet of the huh. U.S. Masters, um, I know you wanted to come on because we've got a whole bunch of cool stuff in our uh, in the pack, and we got a charter now, and we got all sorts of we got some new regions joining in, so we got a lot yeah. to talk
2: about. Yeah, yeah, well, I guess we'll just jump right in there. Sure. Um, God, I can't believe it's been a year already since uh, the last release of the Rules Pack, but, I mean, October's here, and, uh, you know, um, I guess time rolls by as you get older, so um, no time like the present. Looking at uh, the Masters for this year, what we did was uh, we uh, introduced three new regions, or I guess you could say three uh uh, regions of players um asked to uh join the uh, national community um so to start things right off the bat, right after that honeymoon period of a successful first masters, we immediately <laughs> got back in there and had some uh drag out debates on um how we can expand the, you know, US Warhammer plan population and uh whether we should or not. Um and uh I'm uh fortunate to say that we did get three new regions. We uh, pushed those in. Uh, you know, now, uh, whether some people think it was the right thing or not is up to them, but I like to think that the uh, U.S. Masters presence has increased um, uh, tournament uh, attendance and through tournament attendance uh, or just created more warhammer players warhammer fantasy battle players in the u.s when you consider something like what 40k did and completely their new newest rule set apparently has just tanked their community um which means less players and more players for warhammer fantasy Um, (laughs) and and, you know i mean people say like warhammer tournament warhammer does not uh, contribute to a large portion of the wargaming population for gw but um i can tell you like Every person I've met in the game store plays in some sort of one-day event or some sort of tournament. And typically it's the people who play in Warhammer tournaments, um, whether locally or regionally, that have multiple armies that buy the paints because if nothing else uh, – tournaments give you reasons to finish off armies. I think he oh, and yeah, hammer or someone said it uh, before. I've got like six armies painted and I know how I am as a person and there is 0% chance that would have happened uh, if I didn't give myself some sort of deadline and that's what tournaments provide. So um, I'm here to say that I think the uh, American community is thriving. It's probably the strongest it's ever been. Um, and even the people that were a little leery on the introduction of the three new regions, um, six months, eight months in, the the largest of them, the Pacific Northwest, which is the largest of the three new guys, I mean, they've got over 220, close to 250 players playing in their events already. Um, so that's yep. right up there with the original um, region. So. Uh, nothing but good things. Um, fortunately things worked out in our favor and I think everyone's excited. We're bringing three new regions, 30 more players into the masters of 2015 and it's going to be exciting. It's going to be hectic and I think everyone is ready to go. Cool. So it's gonna be 80 players. Yeah. I mean, of course 80 players isn't uh, massive by any stretch when you consider things like Adepticon or like well, South coast. I, I GT. think for a masters,
0: it kind of is, I mean, you look at a lot of these other countries, masters and granted, we got a huge geographic location to cover, you know, but I mean, you see a lot of these are like 16 man tournaments or
2: something like that, right. you know? So well, the the thing, David, I think, uh, what differentiates our masters from, uh, basically, namely when you say that you mean the United Kingdom and the Australians and, right. uh, at times, I believe the Australians did have like a, a very competitive rule set uh, that they, they switched between that uh, would determine their uh, European team championship team and all that other stuff. But I know speaking to the guys who go to uh, the UK's Masters, that is more of an event where people just bring the fun list. Uh, you know, uh, Ben Curry will make uh, some some zany uh uh, comp pack or something that he feels like playing. It might be no comp. It might be sweet comp. It might be whatever comp he feels like because he is the guy putting in all the work. And often people are testing their list for the next grand tournament season. So it's not like really a final. Um, and the closest thing I could put the US Masters to being is like the, they used to have these flights uh, and uh, on the UK scene, I guess in the mid 2000s where they had like three or four flights to get to like a final. And It was completely open and like 80, 60, 80, 100 people could go to these things and you have to qualify past a certain number to make it to the final. And that's kind of what the U.S. Masters is in a way. I mean, it certainly won't be the largest event uh, by any means. I mean, every region has an event its size or larger, but you'll be hard pressed to find a room of more qualified players. And at the end of the day. It's something we all share as a hobby, and we all enjoy. And um, if you're going to compete, if you're going to uh, play and uh, enjoy certain aspects of the hobby, why not compete on the big uh, big stage? You know. So sure. In, in that regard, I think a lot of people are really excited about it. I think by comparison of our sibling 40K in the U.S. scene. We are rolling right along, and I think as their scene is shrinking, our scene is growing. And to be perfectly honest with you, I've, I, I think um, an organized tournament circuit assists with non-tournament play because it gets more people purchasing more armies, which in turn gets people excited in game stores when they strike up a conversation at like a GW or a you know, local game shop. And, and I think it just works all the way around. I mean, right. I know, for example— Uh, You and Chris and your gaming group, uh, you play in uh, a good amount of tournaments, but at the same time, you're more Um, Mm hobby-related. So even from your aspect, I mean, how often are you thinking about how how a list, like your VC or something, would work in a tournament, although you do play a lot of hobby games?
0: I pretty much, I mean, I don't think about a tournament unless, once I get the rules pack and I'm going, I usually... I'll sit around, I'll screw around, I'll write up a list. Honestly, I'm the guy who writes up the list a week or two before we're going. If I get a practice game or two in with it, great. I'm Covent Throne. Hey, I like the Covent <laughs> Throne. I don't care what anybody says. And if you're reading Nagash, that Covenant Throne whoops, some ass uh, in that book.
2: Oh, dude, I'll tell you what, man. I'm loving what they did with the Nagash. I mean, yeah. uh, all BS aside, I've actually not even read the Nagash book yet because I started with the uh, Blood of Sigmar and um, – then I've read, and now I'm into the Return of the Nagash for this Josh Reynolds the uh, preceding novel. And then I'm going. I mean, well, if, if you, you read the novel, you
0: really probably won't need to read the book because I know Greg, our our European correspondent, he said that he he's reading the book. He just finished reading the book, and it basically fills in all the gaps. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The, no, I mean the, it's, the, it's, it's. I guess I mean, honestly, like, you don't have to read. I'm just saying you're going to get a lot. Yeah, you know. It's, yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, I think it's just like the horse heresy and stuff like that. I mean, we all know what's happening, but right. um, anytime you're like, I'm, I'm a fancy guy, and I don't. Uh, I love. I think 40k has a stronger history, but well, yeah. when you, But when you look at uh, fancy, this is basically uh, our version of the horse heresy. So uh, I'm eager to kind of find out who's doing what and who's getting killed. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, and if nothing else, I'm really enjoying it. And that's really been my hobby the past two months, to be perfectly honest with you. Yeah, But um, I've been excited about it myself. Yeah.
0: See, now you were talking, though, about, you know, the different regions and their different things. Now, I know, like, some people qualify for the Masters, like in Europe, and they'll qualify by play, playing Warriors of Chaos all year. And then they're like, uh, you know, I'm just going to bring a Tomb King army. I'm just going to bring an Orc and Goblin army. You know, it's like they, just, you know, they get in. They're going to go in there. It's going to be a fun time. They're going to play. Um, and I think part of it was I know some of the debates going back and forth between our group of the different, you know, regional, uh, you know, different guys who are sort of representing the region. One of the discussions that we kept having is, you know, what, what is the master supposed to be? Like, what are we trying to do? And right. I, I guess you know, and I you right. know I keep I I can't help but contribute to this to this sort of uh, uh, Americanism that we've got going on. Our <laughs> sort of we got to you know we're so competitive. I I I worry that times that people take it too damn seriously. Like we we have to do it this way. If we're really looking, <laughs> if we're truly looking for the best Warhammer player in America, we have to yeah. only do it this way because otherwise we're not really truly who is the best player. I mean, God,
2: yeah. come on. Yeah. Well, I can tell you. you, know, you I've been... Kicked in the chest with that argument more than one occasion in the past couple months.
0: And, and I um, and I've read it and I've and I've kept my mouth shut because everybody knows I'm a garage gamer. And I just you know, it, it's I just look at that and I think you know it's if that's what you want it to be, if that's what everybody wants it to be, then that's great. Mm-hmm, my mm-hmm. question is, you know, I I I will be there at your funeral when you die of a heart attack <laughs> because you take this way too seriously and you get way too stressed. And and that and I'm not trying to – if if you're into the really competitive end of Warhammer and, you know, I go to tournaments every three weeks and I play and I win so much and I know what I'm talking about and I know what's good for Warhammer and I know what's bad for Warhammer and this is right and this is wrong. You know, some A, everyone has a right to their opinion. I just – I guess my biggest worry and my biggest concern is that, you know, guys, we're playing toy soldiers here.
2: And, and I think, uh, at the end of the day, I don't think anybody really has super butt hurt. Like, I mean, clearly compared to the first year we did the masters, uh, it's not nearly as bad. And we've got a lot of people in a lot of the regions basically putting out any fires before these tornadoes get crazy. Um, and, uh, and I and I think it's good. I think uh, basically we've got um we've established a pretty strong national community, and I think because uh, at the end of the day, it, it it's like the 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 end goal is we want to foster healthy and positive you know tournament scenes throughout the country, of course, right? And of course, we do want to crown a national champion for that year. I mean, like you said, I mean, are, is the person the best player in the universe? Uh, Who knows, because it's a dice-based game. But at the same time, it's just like saying the Super Bowl champion is not the Super Bowl champion. On that day or for that season, this particular person did well. Exactly. I'm not taking anything
0: away from Justin's win last year. I'm not taking away from anyone who wins any Masters.
2: All I'm saying is you know there's no need for the spite no need for the you know but uh, but I tell you what man guys people get passionate about their hobby i've been known to get passionate myself i mean when you consider we're all basically uh, married you know uh <laughs> we we've got real life going on and uh a, a, there's only so much time to enjoy other hobbies Um, sometimes the guys you rely on, the, the, the hobbies, the, 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 the things you rely on for fun, um, you you tend to kind of put them in focus, um, because personally, like myself, I don't play video games. Um, I watch sports, but I don't go to any sporting events. Uh, I just don't have time for it with, you know, life and everything. So, so I can, I can very readily see how people can get worked up. Especially if they're at work, sitting on a forum or sitting on Twitter, you know? Yep. Um, but you know what? That's a good in some regard because fundamentally that means they're passionate about their hobby. I mean, for every uh, pro-comper, you've got, you know, staunch anti-comper. I mean, you've got all sides of it. And then, of course, you've got people like yourself who are putting in the time into something they love, producing more material for the rest of us to enjoy. <laughs> and, and that's kind of what we do as the masters. I mean, let's face it, the punishment you get, you'd have to be a psycho or a sadist or whatever to, to really want to deal with it on a regular basis. But at the same time, we're just putting it out for the people. and. Hopefully, with constructive feedback, everyone has a good time and we grow this thing. And basically, it'll still be there when the rest of us take off and move on to different things. And, you know, so effectively, that's how, you know, we try to, I I see the masters anyway, just something to determine who's the best of the best for, you know, that subset of uh, events and uh, basically work hard to make it enjoyable. And, Bring everybody together where you can meet guys who are passionate about the hobby from different parts of the country all at once in one room. And that's and the great it, thing
0: about it. Yeah, you know? yeah exactly. I mean, we're, okay, I don't think we're ever going, I mean, unless something radically changes with the ninth edition rule set where GW has got something on that's so tight and so, you know, so put together, so well set up. Unless they do something like that where nobody has to argue about rules or, or, or FAQing or things like that, we have a lot of different mindsets around the country. And I don't see any of them coming and all of a sudden everybody just, you know, being like, oh, wow, we all agree on everything, you yeah. know?
2: Yeah, well, and, uh, this, and not interrupt, but this is what I would say to those, those guys uh, who um, – there are people that are completely satisfied – playing in their home regions. And every last one of us have uh, – you couldn't tell a Northeast guy uh, how great a West Coast event is because the Northeast guys love their events just like the Midwest guys love theirs and the West right. Coast guys love theirs. Exactly. And, and that's great. And the only thing the Masters really is is a friendly, competitive environment where we can h- showcase some of our better regions players if they want to participate and meet people from around the country and kind of compete. Um, and the thing is, is that shouldn't take anything away from any of the other regions. And uh, if it does, then uh, shame on those regions because that's not what it's there for. What exactly it's there for well is. Said. That- you, you know what I mean? It, it, it's there for, yes, we want you guys to bring the heat. We want you, We want to see, because uh, uh, friendly competition never hurt anybody. We want to see what, just like the ETC, we want to see what these other countries or these other regions are about. But at the same time, we're also wanting to have the social aspect. And at the right. end of the day, if we can do it and all have fun, then it's a win-win for everybody.
0: Yeah. And like I said and that's I like I, said, I I like the idea of the masters and I think it's I think it's I think it's great. You know, that's why I agreed to be a part of it. But I mean I know I see I'm not a person who can travel for tournaments. I'm not a person oh, yeah. who can travel. I don't go to a lot of tournaments. I I've got I'm very locked into a certain, you know, radius around this building I'm in right now. <laughs> and that's it. And yeah. and that's cool with me. I mean, I I reach out all over the planet with this show and I meet people that way and it's cool. And I, but I like to support it because I think it's a great idea. Yeah. Um. Yeah. It's it's just it. You know we hey we run into rough patches and it's never going to be perfectly smooth. But I think as long as we all agree to that we're having a good time first, and I guess that was my whole point of bringing that up.
2: Oh well, is, I tell you what, you know, uh,
0: having go a good ahead. time first is really because otherwise then it because then it does get competitive and then it gets kind of vitriolic and there were times last year when it did like there were times last year before the masters happened where I was sitting there going why the hell did I agree to this I'm like this yeah. is so not what I am about um <laughs> but it, like it pulled off and it and it and it turned out really good and everyone had a good time and everyone was excited to come back and we got more regions coming in and like you said I know what was it the Pacific Northwest I mean their tournament scene was not super heavy like they didn't have a ton of tournaments with lots of people and as they started advertising hey listen we're using these to, to decide who's going to go to the masters suddenly boom Attendance yeah. went through the roof because it gave pe- pe- other people, hey, come on and represent either yourself or your region or whatever. But or your club, or your club exactly. And suddenly there was something a little bit more than just hey, let's go out to a tournament. It's like hey, let's go out to a tournament. We might actually, you know, qualify to go and 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 go up against people from all over the country in, a, in an organized way. You know, and and yeah, it's, it's it's a cool. It's I mean it it's working. Yeah, well, I, is it perfect? Nah. But I think we're doing a hell of a job. And I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back here. And I know you take the brunt of the crap. You're the guy who's putting out all the
2: fires. Yeah. Um, but we're well, doing a hell mean, of a job. Yeah, well, I'll, I'll tell you this. Uh kind of like um, – and, and while we're stroking each other, kind of <laughs> like how uh, y- y- you basically created this podcast to give back to the community and kind of share what you enjoy with the hobby. You know, at the end of the day, if – if nothing else, if getting more people playing Warhammer and giving everybody, everybody in the country, uh, larger groups of uh, people to meet or, 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 you know, uh, more playgroups in your local area so you didn't spend $400 on some models and never get to use them, if nothing else, if growing the hobby, then absolutely that's worth it. But uh, at the end of the day, I, I, it's not possible without the chairman, the advisors, all the TOs that put in time to uh, kind of see through this goal. And uh, basically I'd like to thank everybody who really, sure. uh, you know, who really worked hard to have this happen. I mean, uh, I might be the, uh, original, the founder or whatever, but, um, basically that's only because I had, you know, five, six, seven, eight other chairmen on the, uh, on the, on the initial emails, including yourself, including Larry, including everybody right. to, to kind of form this goal together. And, uh, like I said, at the end of the day, Hopefully, this will be something that the uh, American Warhammer population can enjoy for themselves for years to come, long after you and I and everyone else is uh, done out of the uh, uh, at least the competitive aspect of it, you know. And that, and if nothing else, then that's worth doing it for me.
0: Yeah, no, um, I, I agree with you hundred percent. I mean, it's 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 a fun time. I mean, let's face it. I started doing this. It was me and Barnett and Harrison playing in our basement. Three of us. That was the whole group. And we started doing the podcast just because we didn't know anybody else, and we sort of thought it would be fun. But then through that, we met our whole group in my local game store. When they started to sponsor the show, we met – and that's how NW2 pretty much formed –
2: Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Well, look at it this way, David. I mean how many people who don't get a chance to play on a regular basis contact you on the podcast? And basically this is the only Warhammer they get listening vicariously through your podcast. Yeah, I mean they're all over the forums too. How many have you put in touch with – like there was a guy who just popped up in Yorktown – uh, Virginia, that you put in touch with uh, some of the Virginia folks to kind of get them into it, you know. So, um, you know, as dumb as it sounds, uh, you know, we're breaking down barriers here. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, and heck, being on the show, doing the show, is actually what got people. I didn't know anybody from the big tournaments. I mean, I met Chris You and stuff, but I didn't know he was a tournament player. I didn't know what he was doing. And it was the show that got people who lived locally saying, "Hey, listen, why aren't you live near here? Why aren't you coming and meeting all of us?" I mean, I mean, I have friends all over the country now. People I've met at the tournaments, just from slowly moving out and meeting. So, I mean, I think I think it's a great thing, and anything that's going to bring people from all over the country together to play and to build these bonds and this sort of stuff, I think is a good thing. Well, but I, you know, we should also yeah. stop stroking each other and get to the nuts and bolts of this well, episode too. Yeah,
2: yeah, and, and we'll talk. Kind of going in that vein, we'll segue into uh, the three new regions. And um, just recently, I went to Rock Wars GT. Uh, and part of, uh, that's in Arkansas and a uh, part of the reason I wanted to go there was, uh, two of the other regions whose chairmans I've never met before were going to be there like the Southeast and the mountain region. And then of course I've never met Ryan who took Kevin's spot, uh, for the Midwest and I knew the South guys would be there. So, I mean, with the exception of, uh, Um, I think maybe the Pacific Northwest and the Northeast every other region was present and uh, you know we We went to breakfast on the Sunday on day two. We uh, got around and Kind of like what you were saying if 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 nothing else uh, now I know people from areas previously unknown who are enjoying and playing the hobby and bouncing ideas off so I know Uh, forum handles and email addresses, and I can put a face to the name, and that's pretty sweet. So um, in that regard, we uh, started, and we have uh, three new regions. I guess we'll go uh, uh, clockwise from the East Coast. The first would be the the Southeast region, and their chairman is uh, David Reed, David Reed runs the Redstone Rumble, which I think is – by the time this episode comes out, it will be the next weekend or the weekend of. And that's the largest tournament in Alabama or in the entire southeast. And uh, basically, uh, you know, um, aside from that, I know they run the American Team Championship, which is like uh, an, uh, a prep – precursor to the bragging rights gt which kind of has like the matching that the etc is based off but not what the etc rules so they've got some tournaments that have had some uh, stability and have been there for a while uh so we've got david reed uh running the southeast and the southeast is composed of kentucky tennessee alabama georgia florida and mississippi okay with louisiana and arkansas folding into the south region um going from there We kind of go up uh, to the mountain region, and the mountain region is um, led by Chad Graham. And Chad is out of Colorado with Feast of Blades, GT, and uh, uh, basically the the events that um, run in the Colorado, New Mexico area. They also have Nebraska. I met Tim Royer's. Uh, from Bug Eater GT. He was at uh, Rock Wars, and since no other mountain representative was there, Tim went out with us to Cracker Barrel and had breakfast, and he's a uh, a good guy. And they've got some solid, uh, so, I mean, their top players at those events are all very similar to the top players at a lot of the local, like Midwest and South, their neighboring regions. So that's an up-and-coming uh, area themselves. Um, but I would say the mountain region and the Southeast are probably the two smallest regions so far probably with player bases of no more than about 150 players and then the pacific northwest uh run by uh aiden rogers he's the chairman and he's also the host of dimensional cascade
0: and he's also my fit hammer sponsor so awesome (laughs) no
2: aiden's a good guy aiden actually he's a great uh, guy he actually is uh, pretty solid on the rules, and he's actually part of the uh, Master's Rules FAQ Committee um, who helped merge the um, GW rules with any type of Swedish comp rules, with any type of ETC rules. And uh, not like changing the rules per se, but uh, the ambiguity of a lot of them, like the Spirit Leech conundrum and just the right. things we've heard from the onset of 8th edition. He's one of the guys who kind of uh, gets it together and you know conjures it up. And I'm thinking – He's good uh, people. Yeah, and, and the, what's a bonus is I don't know if – even if he doesn't qualify, I think he's even willing to come down to the Masters to be one of the uh, refs there because as, as you can imagine, the only we, – we have to try to grab refs and judges from throughout the country. But not only that, but at an event like the Masters where everybody knows their stuff, we just want to try to get the highest quality of uh, rulesmen we know. So, exactly. so those are the three new regions, and um, so far they've contributed a lot. Uh, uh, as, as sad as it is to say, those guys have been very active on the uh, organizers forums, more so than uh, some of the older regions. But then again, you know how real life is, and it's—I guess there's an aspect of it being new to them, so they're all you know fired up where some of the, uh, the other regions kind of have to take the wait-and-see approach. So. Uh, but so now we've got eight regions, and I don't see us uh, expanding ever again, unless the the Warhammer population just gets out of control, and you know there's tournaments, hundred man tournaments popping up in every state. Then we'll have to look at it again. But um, for the most part, every part of the country is now covered by a region. So uh, that's that's basically the new regions. Very nice yeah so um the t- masters tournament uh the masters tournament will be uh, 80 players and right. it's by it's by invitation only and it's predicated on uh your invite on how your region determined it. So whether it be a ranking system or um, what the Midwest did like uh, last year with the X amount of top players, uh, however the chairman and the advisor for each region determines what's best for their region, uh, that's how you get your invite. And uh, basically of the 80 players, um, it's going to be effectively free for the players as best as we can make it. Now, we do have um, regional dues that are, you know, uh, people could say it would be almost a substitute for the the players' uh, entry fees. Okay. But I think if you break down the dues, I think it turns out to be like 30 bucks a person or whatever. And it, basically that's just to pay for the trophies and, uh, you know, pay for uh, the T-shirts and all the other stuff we're trying to give out during the master. So a hundred percent of that goes back to the, to players. And, uh, you know, like some regions, uh, get a, a percentage from their contributing tournaments. Other ones take the money or ask the players who are participating to toss in however they want to do their uh, regional dues. Um, that's what that's there for. Okay. Um, the event will also take place where it took place last year at atomic empire in, uh, Durham, North Carolina. Um, Basically, uh, it's – if you think uh, NC State, UNC, a lot of the uh, college powerhouses, that's all in the same neck of the woods. Okay. Um, yeah, so uh, basically uh, that hasn't changed and it will be there for this year. And then starting next year towards the beginning of January, we're going to rotate it amongst the regions now. So um, – the, the process hasn't been nailed down yet, but, uh, all the eight regions are allowed to put a bid in. They're allowed to submit one bid each, kind of like the Olympics. Okay. And we're gonna bid it out for two years. So uh, basically, like, uh, we d- were discussing earlier, like giving it back to the community. Now it's time for the chairman and everyone else to kind of take the ball and go running with it. Uh, we just had it at atomic empire two years consecutively, just, um, because I knew I would be heavily involved and, um, basically i think after two years of successful uh two successful years of running the event it should be strong enough to have its own legs and with the leadership team we have in place uh we should be able to get this thing rocking and rolling
0: absolutely absolutely so um we've added so much this year you've got a charter out now yep yep um do we want to talk about that at all, or is yeah, that no, or at least where people it, can find it and read
2: it? Yeah, yeah. Well, it's going to be on the wargamersusa USA uh, okay. site uh, with the with the uh, FAQ, the 1.0 FAQ for the 2015 Masters and the Masters Rules Pack, um, and uh, I'll send you a link so you can put it in the show notes. Perfect. Um, Perfect. But it will be in the it'll be under the Masters form on the War USA uh, form, and basically the charter is. Uh, effectively kind of what we needed from the get-go. A lot of the times we had uh, uh, disagreements or um, uh, miscommunications was because there was no set, I guess, policy or protocol on how we approach things. And the charter will explain basically players' rights, um, you know, all the different positions that make up the event the starting with my position which is the national committee lead all the way down to the eight chairmen to their advisors to the committee staffs which are like the faq committee who make up the rules or then the rules committee if we do a comp committee um all the way down to the refs for the event and the host tournament organizer all the way down to players um and they'll have an explanation on you know how long um how long someone's in office for, and how they can be removed, or you know and and all that stuff, and basically just all the technical uh, stuff yeah, everything uh, right now it's uh right now it's with the attorneys but uh we <laughs> 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 we've, we've but by the time this thing comes out, it's going to be polished um and you know, so if you have a question on anything, if uh, if if your regional advisor is being a dick, or <laughs> if TOS want to form their own region, or the, the the charter should be able to answer all that stuff. Um, and uh, basically, I think that's what we really needed. But uh, aside from that. Um, it's all very self-explanatory, and uh, I don't know if we'll have to open a thread for it or not. But uh, so that'll definitely be out there with the FAQ and the rules pack. Um, but the uh, the rules pack is going to be the the meat of uh, the release, obviously. Um, that's the event that everyone's been gearing up for, and uh, there's been a couple of significant changes from last year. So uh, if you're cool with it, well, I guess we can start going over those. Absolutely. Yep. Okay. So the first thing uh, people will notice is it went from a five-day to our five-game to a, five a six-game five-day event. Heck
0: six game. yes. Gone to six yeah. games.
2: Yeah. Uh, well, unfortunately, uh, it's going to be a hard six games because there's four games day one and only two d- day two. Um, and that's because uh, – not everyone can get 4 days off work because often they have to take both the Friday and the Monday and we don't want to lose uh, a a number of the uh potential participants because they can't get a flight out or they can't stay that extra day you know so uh that means it's going to be some super die hard warhammer well so there <laughs> you, you know?
0: go hey sometimes sometimes you got to suffer for your uh for your you know, you want to be a pro, you got to play with the pain.
2: Well, I tell you, I mean, there's four games there's, in a row.
0: Some Iron Man Warhammer never hurt anybody.
2: Yeah, I, I'll tell you what. I mean, there's there's guys who will complain that hey, we won't get the drinking time involved, but I call it BS because uh, Grant, oh, yeah, and come Ray, on, yeah, and whatever. I, those guys were out till five and six in the morning, getting up, playing Warhammer at eight a.m. and doing it all over again. So I know it's possible. If there's a will, there's a way. Now. Um, at an event as competitive as the Masters, is that a good idea? Mm. Maybe, but maybe you're just having fun too. So you know, it might not make a difference. Hey, listen, um, did you come?
0: To, I could I could drink right here in the basement. I can go anywhere and drink. All right, if you, I mean if you're coming to play War, don't hey, shut up, play Warhammer.
2: You you might be drinking after game one if it goes bad. <laughs> exactly.
0: I mean, it's like no one's stopping you from doing that. But hey, four games and then two games, play it. I think it, I'm excited. I think it's
2: fantastic. The venue serves beer, so uh, you know we floated, I think seven out of the eight kegs uh, last year. So I'm pretty sure. Uh, I'm pretty sure if you want to get hammered, uh, that's possible. <laughs> All right. I was hammered and I was uh, running the damn thing. Um, okay, so two days, six games. Um, So day one has four games. It'll have uh, the registration at 0730, and then you'll have two games by 1 o'clock, and then lunch is from 1 to 2, and then you have two more games till 7 o'clock. Then you break for dinner and you're done for the night. So um, it's going to be fast and furious. But uh, hopefully, the thing I do like about six games is um, at some point in a tournament after you're done with the first day, you're like, oh, man, I've got two more games to either make this happen or – or worse the dreaded oh man i got two more games before i've got to go look forward to going to work monday um you know so so the good thing is that extra game gives you a little uh uh, you know if if you're the type of person that is all into it and if you're flying across the country why not yeah exactly Um, like you said i'm
0: going all the way there to do this let's do it exactly
2: yeah, so um army selection. Yeah, there's a lot of different changes. Army selection, we went back to Sweet Comp. That did not change, but what did get changed was um it was voted upon by the committee to narrow the Sweet Comp to the traditional areas between an eight and a fourteen. Um meaning some people can't take whatever list that they possibly could want. Um, and that's both a good thing and a bad thing. Um, because sometimes last year we saw, uh, you know, uh, pretty s- sharp players taking like a dwarf army because the building rules were in play. And, uh, he would have like a very, very high comp, which would give him a comp bonus against the low comp armies. And then he just put all the in the building. Excuse the language. <laughs> no worries. <laughs> he, he, he put it all in the building and, uh, then he's just relying on his comp buffer, to, you know, but, we we picked a yeah, range. Yeah,
0: people are gaming gaming the system a little bit. Well, I bit. mean,
2: yeah, any system is any system can be gamed, but um, we we went with something that uh, traditionally is considered how the Swedes, how they they balance the system to play um, right. specifically within the eight to fourteen margin. So we're running with it. Uh, looked like the chairman were all excited. Um, that's what it, it, that was almost like a whitewash in terms of voting. So, uh, basically everyone can expect very fair armies against each other. Nothing extraordinarily broken, but nothing Uber baby soft, you know, you know, baby soft armies. that just get run over either. So, uh, it should be good. Um, the permitted army books are all the usual ones with the addition of the forge droid castorf list. um, and uh, no, that, legions. no, not undead legions. No, we nope. well, we're, we're taking a wait and see approach with that. I mean, almost assuredly, it will not be in this Masters because Lord only knows what's going on in uh, GW headquarters with that, you know, so because yeah, there's going to be I, at
0: least one more book out before the Masters happens anyway with this in this end times. Yeah, and, so, and, and you know how it is. Bureaucracy, I mean, it's, it we, takes... We've settled down a set of rules. Let's just see yeah. it where it is for now. I mean, yeah. we, we, we did enough. We settled it. Now they came out with this. All right, well, you know what? We'll deal with that for next year.
2: Yeah, I mean, you'd be surprised on how long it takes to grind out some rules with just... Oh, like no, eight. I because no, they've no. all got to contact their TOs and contact their player base, and by the time it works its way back, we're sitting on three months later.
0: No, no, I mean, Nickel's been actually contacting me and asking me about stuff. So, I mean, I've been actually much more involved this year than I was last year because he always wants to leave, if, if nothing else bounces ideas off me, so mm-hmm. I, I know exactly what's going on. So, yeah, it's a lot yep. of work. That's what I'm saying. Oh, this just came out. Let's change everything again. No, no, let, <laughs> let's not. Let's
2: yeah, let's first roll with it. If it works, why 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 change it? Exactly. Um okay, so for rest of army selection, uh some things like um the non GW models are still allowed as long as they're clearly representing what they're supposed to represent. So basically no like hand gunners counting as like a chaos warrior, you know what I mean? Um something that's just flagrantly ridiculous probably won't be allowed to play. So if you have a question, take a picture and send it to somebody. Um just like that, all the units, at least the majority models in the unit, have to have the proper equipment too. So you can't have a unit of Empire Swordsmen and call them um, Empire Crossbowmen. You know, that just wouldn't work. But if you have like 28 Crossbowmen and two Swordsmen at the end of it in a 30-man unit because you just lost the models, broke the models, whatever, you know, that's fine. And you know it's going to eat your lunch over it or whatever. Right. Um, and then, of course, just like anything else with models, make sure you just clarify anything ambiguous with your opponent before each game. Um, you know, that's, that directly correlates with both players' enjoyment of the game. And that really shouldn't have to be said, but, you know, just in case, it really is that easy 99% of the time. Um, restriction wise, restrictions are pretty much very similar to they were last year. The uh, Bretonians, seeing how before la- before last year's event, the Dwarves and the Wood Elves still had not had an army book, now they both do. So the Bretonians are the sole man with the BSB models that is, are not allowed to take mundane equipment for this event. Let the BSB guy carry a shield. We're cool with it. You know, um, the Protonian BSB, he can take mun- mundane equipment, uh, you know, just like the other 15 army books. So uh, that wasn't a big uh, change that hurt anybody's feelings. Same thing with no named or special characters. They're out. Folding Fortress is still out um, with the wife, White Dwarf eroded Power Scroll that's still in. Uh, the max 12 power casting and dispel dice from any source including like stone tokens and magic mushrooms that is still in play um there's no mystery train uh features in play but the ruling building rules are in effect that was a big one cuz people were wondering if buildings should turn into impassable terrain because the building rules are are uh flawed um in the uh, Warhammer rulebook. But at the end of the day, they're in the rulebook. People want to play with what's in the rules. So the building rules are in. Um, but hills and buildings block my site. So that one went the other way on the votes, um, which isn't, I think that's how it was last year. So that's not really that big of a deal. What we will do is not have as much. We, had, we took some flack for our terrain last year, and there were some tables with like five and six pieces blocking. Um, we're changing that, so every table should have two hills in one building, so it's reasonable, <laughs> you know. Okay, so um, wait,
0: so they they're not infinite hills, but they do block line of sight.
2: Yeah, they just block line of sight. Okay, uh, so, it's so it's true
0: different. line. They, they're basically their true line of sight.
2: Yeah, well, yeah, but uh, like, well, no, they they still block on a site like ETC. Um, if you have like a dragon behind a hill and the hill only goes up to the dragon's waist, you still wouldn't be able to target so, it. So
0: they are infinitely high hills. Yes. Oh, so that vote went against us too. and all the voting went against us this year. Oh,
2: maybe. <laughs> um, uh, okay, and I guess es- uh, essentially that are the only really hard rules in the event Um, you know, aside from what is in the FAQ, which would basically determine what's on, uh, it'd be dependent on race. Like for example, in the FAQ, um, like for the cast or the chalice of darkness, um, despite what the wording says, uh, the master's FAQ say you can't interrupt between casting and the other person rolling this dispel dice for that, you know, uh, for that magical item. So if you have questions about particular races and particular magic items, um, They're on the master's FAQ. And if you've got feedback, there will be a thread for the people on that FAQ committee, which of course Aiden is a part of, like we spread it across the country, um, that they can kind of, you know, you talk it out with them, the people who are writing it, you know. Like everything else, I don't really have a say in it. Um, (laughs) Okay. So uh, with army composition down, we're going to be using traditional Swiss. So that means the active comp variation is uh, rocking out and each comp points with a hundred points. So if I've got like a 10 comp and you've got like a 14, we start the game, uh, with you having 400 victory points to me, you know, and, uh, basically you, you figure out the results. So if you kill 1100 points and have a total of 15 and I kill 1600 points, then there's only a difference of a hundred despite on what happened on the battlefield because of the comp bonus. Um, Basically, uh, it breaks down to the decimal point. So, every decimal point is worth 10 victory points. So, a 13.6 would have 360 points over a 10 comp. Okay. And the, the max you can get, of course, is a 14 to 8. So, that's 600 point difference. And I think that is um, on the 20 no system with the that formula jumping every 150. I think that's a 14.6 maybe. Yeah. So, I think it's four or four degrees of separation, yeah, from the highest and lowest um and uh that said, uh your composition score will be paired will be your based on your pairing for the first round of the event. the next five rounds of the event will be based off battle points only um so if you're a fourteen, you'll play a fourteen if you're an eight, you'll play an eight if you're nine point five you'll play nine point five cool, um, yeah, so that's basically pairings um. And uh, each region will be given uh, inter-regional immunity for the first three rounds of the event rather than the first two because there's so many more players and there's an additional round. And I'm sure you don't want to come from the Midwest and play – a bunch of Midwest guys Um, that unfortunately happened uh, for a region at the last event, but uh, it was pretty one sided stop and they gave everybody else. So that was to be expected. So we offered with the, with the increased amount of players, we uh, did what we could to alleviate the situation without uh, changing the complexion of who's the best. And at the end of the day, we want the best to play the best. Okay.
0: Well, I'm just going to, okay. Now that I didn't realize we had done that. Okay. And I, to, I'm just putting it out there. To me, that sounds pretty counterintuitive. If you're adding more players to also add how many rounds you're going to have immunity, only because if you've got more players, you should already have more.
2: Right. Well, what what I'm thinking is it'll take care of itself, so we won't even have to use it for the third round because there's so many players unless you just have a region – like all ten of them, twenty nil, three rounds in a row, <laughs> you know what I mean? Which is highly unlikely. But you, you get, the, the thing is, is you're right. It shouldn't really come into play, but in case uh, yeah, if, you have, if you have, yeah, if
0: you have one region in the first two rounds that curb stomp everyone in the first two rounds. And yeah. if, if they're, if, you know, if if you're literally giving them half the tournament, and they're that, and they're that good, and they're stomping everybody, well, if,
2: if they get that far ahead after three rounds, then everyone else will be playing everyone else the like next three, and they'll effectively, I mean, you can be run out to twenty-one-zero in the NFL at halftime, right? But at halftime, if you're only allowed to play defense and the other team's allowed to play everything, well, you know, someone's going to catch you. You yeah. know what I mean? So, um. It's not a. I don't think it's going to happen. Knock uh, on wood, because I'm sure everyone wants to play different people, and that's part of the part of the reason reason of the Masters is to kind of bring all the communities together. Right. Um, but you know, you never know. I mean, um, at the end of the day, I mean, if people are that good at the game, then uh, props to them. Yeah, that's true. Um, okay, so uh, with that, those are the base rules, and this is where it gets kind of crazy because we had to get some flack with. Um, there was this big debate, uh, aside from maybe some of the rules debates, this big debate on who was the national champion because uh, the one argument was this. They said uh, in the NFL or FIFA or any other type of sporting league, uh, and let's not say that Warhammer is a sporting league, but <laughs> let's you know take it in context here. Um, we play by a certain rule set the entire year. And then at the Masters, like – all the other stuff we use to uh, determine the overall winner are, are thrown out the window like the uh, paint scores the sports scores the soft comp scores all that stuff you know what i mean
0: yeah i mean um, yeah i mean i was and, i was one for including everything because right, well, you know right. it's what we do in all the tournaments
2: but right. i mean the, I, the other, I get
0: what i get the other argument
2: yeah and the, the other argument was however how can you say if someone is the best player In the country, how can you have a national champion if um, if they only win like two games and their sports scores or whatever takes small? So the the big debate was is who is the best player in America? Is it uh, the person on that day who can? He's in a room of the other. Without a doubt top players in the country and he goes in there and smokes them all or is the best player the overall hobbyist who uh, basically really brings the whole aspect of what a a tournament player should be together. And uh, we came up with um, basically the answer and the answer is basically both. Um, So uh, how we're doing masters this year is a little different uh, from last year. The National Champion will still be determined by solely on battle points basically the, the 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 Justin Berge of the United States Warhammer is determined by who can go in that room of what seventy nine of the other best players in the country and come out the best player uh, on the tabletop probably should be the national champion just because. 79 other people are standing in his way and he comes out as number one which will sure not thing. be a, will not be an easy feat you know especially over six games okay
0: that, said, that
2: that said overall deserves some respect because let's face it that's how most of us win and do well at tournaments and get recognized and all the the rankings from the various regions are determined off people's overall and final placement so we created something called the Warhammer Paragon. And the Warhammer Paragon is essentially uh, the overall, the person who brings uh, everything that you would no- expect in a normal grand tournament. And they're represent- uh, representative of like what you think is hobbyist, sportsman, general, all that stuff. And um, but basically we have a, a list of awards representing that. Not only that, but – because Paragon Warhammer Paragon is what most of us, um, what most of us determine uh, how we finish at normal grand tournaments. Everything will be based off your final finish um, under your Paragon ranking, or that that'll be the final overall scores. Okay with the exception of the national champion, um, basically, uh, so like best region will be determined by the top five of your region based on your Paragon score. So if the Midwest, you guys have strong painters or Texas has strong sports or the Northeast have really strong battle, you know, whoever can put a group of guys to form it all together and have the top five on the Paragon or the overall ranking, those guys are going to be the guys winning best overall. So, um, and that was a big thing. It took us a while to figure it out because uh, it was highly debated on the the, the two because oh, yeah. you know, a, lot, a lot of people saying, hey, look, all year we play under the pretense that overall it's the best overall player of the hobby. And now we get to the Masters and it's just counting on battle. You know, that sucks. And then the people for pro battle are like, look, we get in this room, best people in America. Why isn't the person who wins uh, on the battlefield considered the best person? So Warhammer Paragon is what everything, with the exception of the national champion, every other award will be uh, dictated based on uh, the Warhammer Paragon uh, matrix. Um, So if you want to go through that, we can. Um, Basically, uh, for uh, the Warhammer Paragon, uh, you can get a max of 120 battle points, which would be uh, six games at 20 points a pop. Um, we have a painting rubric that goes zero to 20, and the painting rubric is um, basically something uh, Dan and I devised. He was my co-TO when we used to run Southern Assaults in different tournaments back in uh, 2012, 2011. And uh, basically, it's effectively a 0-16 scale, um, with a zero being unpainted models, but No unpaid mods are allowed in the master, so no one will be getting a zero because they just won't be allowed to play. Um, but if you have like a three, that's like bare minimum three color basing and eight would be like a demonstrated neat effort. Uh, you know, you might have some, uh, you know, different color bases or whatever, but it's a a standard GW, a standard grand tournament army would be like an eight, an exceptional army would be like a 12. Those would be the, uh, really well uh displayed uh armies that aren't necessarily like the Johnny Hastings of the world, but they're <laughs> up there for you know, for in and, in and, and other GTs they're up there for painting nominations. Yep. And then okay. the sixteen are the candidates of for the best in show. And these guys are the Johnny Hastings, just the ridiculous list. And of course there's up to four flex points. So um Basically the flexible points can give you up to a 20 and to, to, to achieve the flexible points they have to, it can't be like, there's one for advanced artistic detail, like eyes, tattoos, free hand banners. You can't just do like a, a kindergartner freehand banner and then get the point for artistic detail. Um, for a thematic appearance it has to be like your bases, display board, trays, like little things on your bases. It all has to tie in together. Okay. Like Johnny's minotaurs or ogres um then of course there's the advanced conversions which are like uh green stuffed or sculpted conversions or basically anything that's very complex or very especially attractive and then of course the last one is the wow factor just something that when it's put together just blows people away so in that regard um, anyone can get those flex points. Even if you came in there with an eight and say you have a very thematic army, like a Greek based high Elf army or something, right. um, you know, or, uh, something like that, you might get the plus one for that. So you might be a nine, but uh, essentially that's a, a rubric that goes up to 20 and, uh, it, it should be, it's, it's not very difficult to basically slot where everyone will be and then pr- everyone can pretty much assume where they'll be. <laughs> okay. Um, well, I mean, you know, I mean, you could probably yeah. look at it and determine where you're going to be. I can do the same. And I think uh, you need to have some sort of matrix where people can tell, you know, because uh, nothing is worse than the painting butthurt um, because everyone puts their time and effort into the armies and a lot of passion in their armies. But let's face it. Uh, if you have a couple candidates for best in show, like the Johnny Hastings, we all know where we stand. (laughs) No one's going to make, no one's going to make any illusions of who stands where, you know? And the great thing about the system, honestly, is it changes. So if you go to like screw city, the best in show there, who would be getting 16s there might not be getting the 16s in the because it's a floating roof. It's best in show is just best in show who shows up. You know what I mean? Right. So, you know, uh, at the end of the day, it's a very flexible, very robust, but very simple system. And uh, I dig it because I created it. Boom.
0: It sounds good to me, man. (laughs) you, You got 80 to judge and you got two days to do it. Yeah. And they're trying to get all these games in. So keep
2: it simple. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're going to have a team. So <laughs> still, it's still okay. a lot, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So the, the, the next thing is sportsmanship and sportsmanship is past fail binary system, but you can get 20 points off it. You can get the first five points because of early registration, turning your list in time, uh, all that other stuff. Now, um, those five points will be taken away from you. If you're turning your list late, you do some last minute changes. Uh, and then not only will you be uh, losing those five points, but you'll also not be comp bracketed the first round either. So if you come in rocking with the twelve comp army instead of playing another twelve, you could run into that eight. You know what I mean? So those five points are given to everybody, provided uh, you know, they they do their due diligence, like turning their list on time, you know, uh uh you know, bring dice to every game. Just just the standard etiquette points. Aside from that, everyone else is given 10 sports points. So everyone really starts with 15. And um, basically, it's binary, pass or fail. So every game you pass, yay, nothing happens. You continue on normal. Every game you fail, and we investigate just like we did last year, every time you fail a person, um, basically, that's if their behavior is so far out the norm that it shocks the conscious conscience is what we put it or if you just have multiple unresolved disputes that you guys just can't get along um but each fail a person receives they'll lose two sports points okay and at the end of the event for every favorite opponent you get you get one sports point so if um you oh I technically uh it's it's capped at 20 but technically you can get 21 if you somehow get six best sports votes or five best sports votes, uh, the etiquette points and the base 10, you got 20 sports. If you go in there and you piss people off and you lose like two games, I mean if you get one bad sports vote, that's like two best opponents flushed down the toilet. You know, so we assume everyone's going to get 15 or higher for sports. You know, But then again, you are talking about an area with uh, players from around the country who don't know each other. Um, so there will be some rough edges to smooth out. I mean, that's just what happens. No, I hear that. I get um, you. Yeah. So basically between sports paint and battle, that will determine the rankings and that will determine basically, uh, the, the awards we have for this event are, uh, the national champion, which would be the highest battle score and the runner up in third place, um, for, uh, the national champion will be the battle score people. Basically, and the tiebreakers are head to head and then like opponents. Okay. Um, and the Warhammer Paragon, that award will be based on the final overall rankings on um, where you end up. Um, I know some regions have used, uh, masters for, uh, a ranking as an outer region event for their own region. Um, and everything will be based on the Paragon. So the highest person on the top of that list will be the Warhammer Paragon more than likely. Unless the national champion actually also has wraps up the paint and the sports and all that other good stuff. And uh, the sports will be the tiebreaker for the the Paragon, the second and third place. And of course, you get best appearance, and that's your paint score. And if two paint scores are tied at the end of the time, the two judges, or the not the judges, the, the judges will get the you know two or three armies that are tied for best paint. Put them out and let the players pick. That simple. Same thing with the runner-up in third place. Um, Sportsmen will be the same thing. Um, And then, of course, uh, the best region will be the highest top five combined scores from each regions. And uh, the tiebreaker for that would be your combined sports scores. So uh, basically, uh, again, why the big uh, preference towards sports on a lot of these things is we really want to foster that type of environment. You know what I mean? Um, But, yeah, so basically everything aside from the national championship will be based off your overall uh, finish. Okay. Um, so all so, parties are happy. Now uh, the six schemes are all going to be battle line. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, and it, I guess we can talk about scenarios now.
0: Yeah, because you're not going to be putting in you could, we you've sort of you've made a little extra game here a little yeah, within yeah. there uh, with the scenarios that you know yeah well, I guess makes picked, the scenarios uh, a little more palatable for yeah, some people been... who don't like
2: them. We've been experimenting this uh, with this uh, for about a couple of years. Uh, Ventweet who runs the uh, um, Brawler Bash GT down here, he has a similar system. Um, yeah, when and, you first
0: got in touch with me and Christopher about promoting Brawler Bash,
2: this is one of the things we really liked about it. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's I think that was Joel Buster who communicated that with you. Oh, that's, that's what, right. It, yeah. But, um, you know, he's in your region now, so maybe you can thank him or talk to him in person about it. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, so it's very similar. So in uh, like, like you were saying, uh, there are no scenarios. All scenarios are battle line from a main rule book. That's how all your deployment is. Um, that simple. Uh, that said, each player is given five strategy cards, basically enough for one per round. The very last round of the tournament, has no strategy cards so you have to use them games one through five you can't elect not to use them well i guess you could if you don't want the bonus points but um and basically it, it it's uh you you play the game you you play the card before uh well uh, before the game starts um there's actually uh 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 there's actually a process and once you flip them over, I don't know if it's before deployment or before rolling dice, I'd have to look it up. But uh needless to say, before the game happens, uh I think it's after deployment, before the game happens, you guys lay their card in front of them and then they flip them over at the same time. The strategy cards all have a three hundred victory point main objective and two one hundred and fifty point main objectives. Okay. Um yeah. So the the five strategy cards we have. Are uh, the first one is named Assassins, and its main objective is you kill the opponent's general, and its secondary objective is to kill uh, the the unit with the highest magic level or Rune Priest. The, the opponent's opponent's so that could be like a unit of five Warlocks or a level two if that's all they got, or it could be like a level four you know High Wizard or or, or what or a slon or whatever. So you get three hundred points for the general, one hundred fifty points for that guy. And then the secondary would be to kill their BSB. Um, And if they don't have a BSB, you automatically get those 150. Okay. Um, The next one is Blood and Lory. And basically, uh, traditional Blood and Glory rules, you deploy like in Battle Line. But if you break your opponent before they break you, you get 600 victory points. So keep in mind, everyone's playing different strategy cards. So you could be playing assassins against me trying to kill my general, and I could be trying to break you with Blood and Glory. And you... Determine which one you play after you get paired up and you see what your opponent is playing. So, you know, if he's playing maybe uh, elusive wood elf list You uh, might or that has a lot banners. It might be harder you might not want to play that blood and lorry scenario if he's got banners in every fast cab unit. You know what I mean? Right. Um, if, if you have no way of catching him, if you're playing like ogres without a lot of shooting, you're just like, okay, well, that's not going to happen. So then you would so play. you got
0: that, that crazy unkillable lord. You're not going to pick the kill the general scenario. So yeah. Yeah. it gives you an <laughs> opportunity to look across the table for a second and decide, okay. How
2: do I want to get points?
0: And it right. keeps you, hopefully, keeps you from getting stuck with this with a a, a game where you scenario? just cannot do the scenario yeah. Yeah. i mean well, eventually I mean, you could get stuck you could be on game 5 have only one card left and just get a bad draw
2: yeah, you run into the draw that It basically, again, it, it's something to add to the tactical element to see because uh, the the masters really tests the players from list construction. Because I know regions that talk to other people, uh, other players in other regions and other masters players, and they all construct lists together. It, it, it goes from list construction to playing on the battlefield, and now to the strategy cards, like you said, the game within the game to kind of figure out how to get the most points from certain matchups. So even bad. Match-ups, matchups you can still turn around if you get an additional 600 that's like uh four points on the 20 no system if you get all 600 you know so you can really rock and roll or if you have a high comp list you can really put it out of reach early you know um right so okay so those are two and then another strategy card is called cloud of arrows and uh, that's main objective is you have to end a unit with fortitude within six inches of the table center and that's 350 points you know so if uh Two players are playing cloud of arrows at the same time. They both just sneak a fortitude model within six inches of the table center and they both get it. Everyone wins, right? Um, its secondary objective is to panic a unit with shooting or magic. Um, and those are worth 150 point 150 victory points each. Now, I don't know, I, I think in the latest change that might be, uh, kill a unit with shooting or magic rather than panic, but I'll double check that right now it says panic, but I don't know if that was getting switched over or not. Cause it's awfully easy to panic a unit. But then again, you know, maybe that's good. Maybe everyone, you know, needs to get uh, just additional quick ways to get victory points. Um, and then there's a quick advanced, Quick advance is uh, you have to end the game with your most expensive unit, and that's basically using the unit's starting value that would be on the character sheet or the – not character sheet, on the uh, army sheet in your opponent's deployment zone. So if you have a unit of white lions, like a, th- a horde of white lions, or a frost phoenix with uh, an anointed on top, if the horde of white lions cost more points – naked whatever's on the uh, army sheet those guys will be the ones who give you those 300 points within the deployment zone uh you can't just stack all the characters in there you know um the secondary objective for that one is to control with fortitude more table quarters than your opponent um you know uh so you can get 150 if you have like you know, like sixth or seventh edition with the table quarters. If you have like, you know, a banner and right. no one, has one disputing it. And then the second secondary objective for quick advance is if you can end the game with no opponents in your deployment zone, you also get another 150. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. So, and then the final one is the storm of magic. The main objective for storm of magic is to use no more than four paradise from any source to cast a spell during the game. Doors must not exceed four dice to dispel. If you do that, 300 victory points, it's already given to you. Just don't lose your mind and throw five dice when you need that mind raiser. You know?
0: Interesting, interesting set of scenarios. Interesting set of of, of objectives here.
2: Well, Um, and then the secondary one for that one is if you destroy a model that can generate, a model or unit that generates power or dispel dice for each one you kill, you get an extra 150 points for... uh, Battle hundred victory hundred fifty victory points. So that's the Storm of Magic card. Huh.
0: So that's I'm, I like this. I, it gets adds a little bit of uh, you know a game within a game, trying to pick your cards and figure out what you're going to play. But it also lends you some flexibility, which hopefully will allow you to quit from saying, "Oh, that scenario screwed me. That scenario got me." Here you got this, and it's a way to pick up another you know, like you said, about six uh, six overall tournament points.
2: So. Yeah, four. Well, oh, and I did notice. Oh, four, yeah. Yeah, I did notice, uh, one thing under general rules that we missed that, uh, I forgot to mention that changed from last year. Um, last year, uh, we, uh, did not allow half points. This year, units reduced below 25% do count for half points if you murder them. So those units of Dark Riders, those fast gav units, you can get points if you start killing them. But on the other hand, Last year, there were lookout servers for stuff like Dwellers Below, Dread 13th, Final Transmutation. This year, there are no lookout servers. So you lose one, you gain one. I mean, I know specifically just because I know how uh, your region votes, um, you know. So Yeah, see, I uh, didn't
0: know how the voting turned out because I've been really busy and I haven't been able to check with Nickel. But pretty much everything you're telling me is, yeah, no, it didn't go our way.
2: Uh, no, I mean, I would say uh, like last year, like uh, I uh, – I can certainly tell you that uh, there's certain things that just scream Midwest, and I, I would argue that the Northeast guys or the Mid-Atlantic or any of the other regions that um, have preferences, everybody th- – that's the beauty about compromise. No one's happy, you know. Um <laughs> And <laughs> I get to listen to them. No one's happy. We all just, uh, you know, just bash me, and it'll be fine, you know. No, um, I don't
0: bash anybody. I'm just listening. You've, you've, you mentioned four major changes, of which I know how we voted, and it, none of it wasn't that.
2: Well, you might have to check with the nickel. I don't know exactly which you guys voted, but um, yeah, but I, I would say yeah, like that um, lookout. No lookout sirs. That definitely went your way because you guys traditionally don't add lookout sirs anyway to stuff yeah. like Dwellers Below. Oh no, no, that yeah, no, I know um, that one. And but. I know building rules went your way. The only thing I know that didn't go your way, I, I don't think you guys, you guys don't dig the hills and buildings blocking line of sight. Um, but again, you'd have to talk to Ryan and see what he voted because. Uh, you know, he's just, uh, one of the, uh, exactly. Oh, of- no, like
0: he discussed all of I mean, I know, I know where we're at. Cause Ryan actually called me up and we discussed all of those before we voted. So
2: maybe Ryan is being nefarious and giggled to himself and changed what you guys. Oh, right. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. That, uh- <laughs> how about that? Hey, cackling to himself.
0: <laughs> Nichols, I'm going to just mess with a yeah. white Tech's head. Well, he uh, don't play uh, anyway. Uh, what do I care? What he thinks?
2: Yeah. Uh, we'll see how this turns out. Yeah. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um yeah but that's that's essentially it man that's the the masters in uh in a nutshell um there's not a whole hell of a lot else really to uh talk about everything else from last year has changed the the thing the only thing that's we, we we're still going to release a timeline here to the chairman soon on when the dues are paid and when army lists and we're still going to uh get some uh um tournament uh i guess warhammer personalities and ce- celebrities to do the first round matchups and we're still going to uh have uh the table one being uh, in a, a room by itself being recorded so uh everything um everything should be pretty identical uh you know i know my club personally uh, are getting together and building uh terrain for this thing we've stealing some ideas we got from the uh, South region when we all went over there for Rock Wars a couple weeks back. And uh, I think we're going to run with it. I think it's going to be uh, very successful. And, you know, by the time Masters actually occurs, we'll know where the – the next year's masters will be 2016's 2016's masters. And I don't know if we should just go ahead and vote for the next two years in a row just to kind of get over with or just leave ourselves here. I don't know. I don't know how quick or, you know, I know the ETC, they do the next two years, kind of like the Olympics or whatever, you know. Um, so I don't know what would be uh, best for everybody because uh, we don't want a situation where something fall, fell through like it would happen to the ETC. Through no fault of anybody's, you know, so. Right. I don't know. I guess, again, it's a a learning process, you know, and like with the charter, the charter is going to have a lot of rules that we didn't implement even this year just because we had to get the charter approved. And when you're trying to get the charter approved and at the same time trying to make progress on the actual event, you know, uh, hopefully by next year, everything can go uh, according to the charter. Everything will, will have, uh, uh, some sort of, uh, a protocol for almost every scenario, and if we don't, I guess we'll just get through it together like we always have.
0: We'll figure it out. <laughs> it'll work.
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: All right. I think we covered everything, man. I mean, you've been really thorough. You got your list, and we've been running through it. So,
2: yeah, I think that's. I is think uh, we missed anything. Anything I don't answer is going to be on the. Uh, it's going to be on the website. It'll, it'll be downloadable. You know. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's all on War
0: it. Gamers USA. You could come for the. Come for the information and stay for the crazy warfare. Yeah, the crazy, um, uh, the
2: crazy thread fighting. It's uh, hey, we've gotten a lot better. I know. There's still times thing. you can look at that They're and just start like, directing them to the Garage Hammer forums. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they don't have any of that in the Garage Hammer forums. Mine's it's a friendly not, forum. Not that's yet. that's not, pfft, not ever.
2: Not, not yeah. We're going to find some way. So we're going to tunnel. It's going to be like uh, infiltration. Get some gutter runners out there. Right. I won't <laughs> handle that. I won't <laughs> handle that in about two minutes. Nah. Uh, take it from me. It's a lot harder than you think when you try to handle it. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. Well, I mean, that's it, man. Again, I appreciate you uh having me uh having me on to uh, talk up the event, and hopefully, uh, God, I mean, hopefully uh, next time we talk, we'll have another very successful one in the books. Oh, I'm certain uh, we will,
0: man. I mean, everyone is too jazzed to let this fall apart over silly stuff. So,
2: well, I've been waiting for you to qualify already. I don't know what's going on with the <laughs> keep waiting. Team y, Team y Tech? I was going to buy the shirt, man. You know, <laughs> if, if you can make that. Grant came last year. We need another, you know, IW2 guy here. Uh, you know, Nikitanko qualified this year. Why isn't that guy coming? I am not certain. Um, Tell him to get out there. Look, so a compromise, no one's ever happy. He'll fit right in. We Nikitanko doesn't
0: jump. compromise. That doesn't, well,
2: no, that doesn't happen. Maybe not then. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, I mean, getting second place at uh, Adepticon is no easy feat. My lord, I think that was like the biggest Adepticon ever, wasn't yeah, it? No. 16? Alex is
0: a great player. He's an amazing player. He just yeah. Well,
2: clearly, he has to be. I think he. Uh, who'd he beat? He beat Wadman or something. Or Healing, He beat somebody. Uh, oh, he beats from, me all uh, the, the time. Uh, so what are you gonna do, buddy? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah that's true. All Damn right. It yeah. <laughs>
0: All right, so Jerry, thank you so much for coming on. And um, just remind everybody, what are the websites that they should go to if they want to look up this stuff?
2: Yeah, it's uh, wargamersusa.com. Just pop that thing in Google and it'll come up. And if you want to uh, follow uh, any of the uh, ongoing, I guess, live... Well, as live as this stuff can actually move, you just follow uh, our Twitter feed, which be uh, going to me. It's uh, at us underscore WFB. Uh, Oh, geez. I don't even remember if that's necessarily it. I think it's WFB.
1: Hold on. Let me look it up. I'll find it.
2: US WFB Masters, I think, underscore. I don't Twitter myself very much, so. You should know yeah, your own at, Twitter handle, though. Hold on at, a second. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's at US underscore WFB underscore Masters. That's it. Yep, there it is. Yeah, you got it yeah, right. I knew it the entire time. I knew it the entire time. See, don't doubt yourself. Yeah, I, I literally had to look it up. I'm not fooling anybody. That's what I was just doing. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Thank God the internet. Um, <laughs> yeah, so that's it, you know.
0: All right, perfect. Well, like I said, man, thanks for coming on. And uh, I look forward to having you on after the Masters to uh, recap uh,
2: recap how it went. Oh, yeah, yeah. I'm excited. And I think this year is going to really be something else, just with the entire country and the amount of players. I mean, it's going to be rocking and rolling this year. And, uh, you know, I, I, I think going forward, all the regions will take this thing and run with it, and it's really going to build something special for us.
0: Yep. So I'm looking. I am looking forward to all the reports and everything that goes on with it. So, all right. I know you got to get going, Jerry. So I will let you go. And uh, folks, we will be back with uh, Bill Robertson from Warscore, who will be uh, on to talk about uh, his website and his uh, tournament uh, uh, scoring uh, software. So, talk to you soon. Thanks again, Jerry. Thanks, guys. right, and we are back, and we are here with my friend Bill Robertson, the guy who has created Warscore, which is, in many people's opinion, one of the best uh, rankings and uh, systems that have come about, and tournament organization tools, um, heck, that I've ever seen. So, Bill, welcome to the show. Hey, Dave. How you doing? (laughs) Fantastic. Thanks for coming on, man. I'm glad to be here I'm i know you're uh, I know you're running on uh running on no sleep and been working uh pretty long on this so i'm gonna try to get right to it and not keep you up too long but um okay so war score it's a tournament scoring s- system like software to or to
1: exactly um it's 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 more than it's uh it just had its second birthday at uh at this year's Buckeye battles. And um it's a uh it's a program that'll run on either your Mac, your PC, or uh even a Linux machine, in okay. theory. Um <laughs> and uh you you start up the program, you enter in the configuration information for your tournament. Uh the only thing that WarScore tracks intrinsically is who's in the tournament, what tables they play on, and who they're playing. And the rest is completely configurable. So if you want to track something, you can add it. And if you don't want to track something, chances are it's not in the program, so there's nothing that you have to bother yourself with. Okay. Uh, Warscore does Swiss matching by default. So what that means is you know, you, you go to a round and you, you bring up the matching dialogue. Uh, there's a button up in the – there's a little checkbox in the top left corner that says disallow rematches, so right away – uh, War Score saving you uh, saving you the headache when you're dealing with a spreadsheet of making sure that people who've played each other don't play each other again. Nice, and because it's so flexible, um, you can then ask War Score to do matchups in any way that you want. And you know when you're doing rank- when you're doing matchups in a in a spreadsheet, typically what you're doing is you're sorting by battle and you're pairing off the two people who are next to each other. What you can do in War Score is it. it you enter the criteria that you want it to match on, and then it computes a similarity score between two players. And uh, it picks, you know, it tries to pick the best matchups that it can for, you know, according to the criteria that you've entered, which which is really nice because, for example, in the first round, if you've entered things like, well, we've got two people from Columbus, we've got two people from Chicago, uh, we have, you know, six people from Peoria... We, we, you know, try to keep them apart in this first round so that people who travel together don't end up playing each other. Uh, I mean, once you get into it, once you get into the later rounds, that's difficult. And and it's not an absolute, you know, sticking point. So it's not going to generally won't get confused and be unable to match people. But it's a really nice thing. You can also have it do that on... Uh, armies as well. So if you don't want, you want to try to avoid mirror matches, and then you can even combine the two. So you can try to avoid mirror matches and travelers. Um, and then of course, once you get into later rounds, you know you do it by battle, and and it figures it out for you. So um, it it really saves you a ton of time. I mean, we did uh, we did Buckeye battles this year. Uh, 126 people, I think, were the total number. Wow. And once we got all the data that we had, once we had all the data entry double-checked, uh, the matchups were done in seconds.
0: That's cool. That yeah. is really cool.
1: Yeah. I mean, there's no going through and making sure that, you know, oh, Bob and Fred, they played in round three. Could you can imagine doing that for five in, in round five with 120 people? Jeez. You know, by hand. Yeah. Yeah. It would just be awful. Um, so you know as uh, many people are well aware uh, rhq sort of went south on us uh what about a year and a half ago and then they finally and then they finally gave it up for good um earlier this year and so at that point you know uh, i had planned on adding the website to warscore um and and that just the website is by the way it's new it's been out as an interactive website it's been out um since i would say Oh, what was that? Um, sometime in the summer, and the the initial purpose of the website is so you're running your tournament, you've entered emails for your players. Your players have registered on the site. and instead of you printing um, your your matchups to a piece of paper, what you do is you tell WarSCore to publish it to the website. and then anybody who's registered on the website is going to get an email with a link into with a link to a page on the site that'll tell them whatever it is you've just published, whether it's uh, you know, round round one matchups, two, three, four, whatever. So um, if I'm re-
0: so if I'm running my tournament, I got a hundred people there. Yeah. Everyone who's registered, obviously, you know, a lot of people go through the internet to register and stuff like that. They've all given their email addresses. So I've got all that entered in before right. beforehand so end of round one pairings come up i say okay round one pairings are done click it automatically sends an email to all those guys and right. it it's ready it, there it is there's the link click on it there's your matchups right there on your phone
1: exactly that's, and then every that's every t- oh man that's that's the dream that was the dream i mean the, the rankings are great too but i mean that so um and then every time you publish, you know, basically each tournament gets its own web page on the site. And every time you publish, a new tab appears for each time that you publish that data. So that, you know, if people want to go through and see who's playing who in each round, they can do that, you know, historically. Okay. Um, and then you can get your final standings up there. Uh, another thing, and I didn't even think of this, but, uh, you know, Jeff, Jeff who runs Buckeye, uh, after he put up the round four matchups, he put up a list of, hey everybody, here is a list of everybody that you've played, and that way, when people wanted to vote for favorite opponent, all they had to do was just go go check the website, and they had it right in front of them. Oh, nice! Yeah, it was really nice. <laughs> Dude, that makes
0: it really simple. That's fantastic.
1: Yeah, and then of course, you know, you can still print. You, you still have to print to the piece of paper because not everybody wants to get on online, and that's completely cool. Um, so. Uh, what you do is you you, you turn around right after you 've pushed out to the website, you then uh, turn right around and the exact same thing that you pushed on the website you can print on you can uh, it'll you press a button it 'll pop up in your browser and you can print it and then tape that up to the wall
0: fantastic I mean that's <laughs> it, just really great that just covers all the bases right
1: there it was i 'll tell you and it, it was a really interesting thing watching watching the tournament go because you know instead of seeing 120 people crowding around two pieces of paper, uh, once, the, once the, the publish went out, people just checked their phone and started walking straight to their tables. It, oh. was, it was really – it was Jeez. just – yeah, it was really different. <laughs> By the end of Buckeye, I think we had uh, more than 100 people signed up for the site. That was in the beginning of July, and there's now about 360 people signed up on the site. I'm one of them. Yeah,
0: I went in, you said, hey, sign up. I went in, they saw the Wapaka stuff was up there. All these names were highlighted in green. Mine wasn't. I'm like, what the hell? And you're like, "Go, oh, dude, go sign in. I logged it. As soon as I signed up, get a name, get a password, boom. There I am in green. Click on it. I got a ranking. It shows me all all the things I've played for all the people who've submitted so far. And what I think is yeah. interesting is that you, you have really got this down where um, it's really up to the TOs. Uh, you know they've got all the names, they've got all the email addresses, everything links through there, but they submit it all and send it in. It's not like they send it to you and you have to spend your time sitting around and checking everything and entering it all by hand. They've entered it. If there's an issue, someone can contact you. But well, most of the time, the issue would be if they're not showing up with a certain thing, it's because their email address is off, and even uh, the TOs can make that adjustment, can't they?
1: Exactly. The TOs can republish the results if there's... Yeah, That's the other thing, too. You know, you... When you publish your final results, you mark them as final. And you mentioned rankings. Uh, so about, I don't know, about a uh, two, three weeks ago, I got an update to the site in where – so we've got all this information on who's placed, you know, what in the tournament and where and when. So there's no reason not to compile that into rankings. Um, and – just to you know, just because uh, I don't want to get involved in the uh, discussion <coughs> politics of deciding <laughs> what belongs in various rankings groups. Basically, it's an open-ended thing. Uh, anybody can get on the website and create their own rankings group for whatever whatever purpose they want. But uh, you also mentioned one one other thing. You mentioned uh, you mentioned you saw you could s- click on your name through the WAPACA tournament and see who you played. Yep. Um, like if you if you Click on anybody's name. You can see who you know. As long as the TO published that information, to, uh, entered that information into the into War Score before they published it, that data is there for you to see anytime you want. So I, I think it's a really nice thing to be able to go on and see. Well, you know, a year and a half ago, I, I remember I played so and so in round three, but I can't remember their name. You can go. You can go look.
0: That is cool. That is yeah. really cool.
1: And, and that's that's my favorite feature as somebody who's terrible with names.
0: And, and one of the yeah, I am too. I'm horrible <laughs> with names, and it's terrible because I'm a school teacher. I get 150 kids at the beginning of the year. I'm like, good luck, guys. Uh, oh God, yeah. The, I tell them, I'm like the ones of you who are really good and quiet. Yeah, I'm going to have trouble. you will be at least a month. But um, I think one of the things that's great is, like you said, is you can set up your own criteria for different rankings. So now is this open i mean can i mean is this open like I mean it's the internet right? I mean, is it worldwide anybody can jump on and do however they want with their tournaments I mean,
1: oh yeah, yeah, um because I know like
0: Ryan Nichols coming on next after mm-hmm. we're done talk after you and I are done talking, and he's already set up stuff for the midwest for the u s masters for the midwest region right he's already got that stuff sort of set up going and he's got the tournaments listed in there and stuff, and it's uh it's you know it's really cool that he could just set it up and and do what he needs to do and
1: exactly and and that's that's exactly what it's created for um, you know after R H Q went away there were what uh, nineteen countries who no longer had rankings anymore yeah um, and, and I know I I've, I've seen at least four or five different people who've done their own efforts to compile all this data and. Get all the names collated and all the scores added up. And, um, you know, we did, uh, in Ohio, we do the path to glory and that's, uh, it's like a, it's a rankings. It's essentially a rankings group for Ohio and, and neighboring states events. And I did that, you know, using a combination of war score and spreadsheet last year. And I'll tell you, every time I added a tournament, it was, it was, an hour to two hours worth of work just to make sure I had everybody's name right so that all the numbers would add up. And uh, I, so, anybody out there who's you know, if you're doing your own national rankings group, I, I think Woody in Ireland is doing one. I know who the New Zealand guys are. You know, give the site a look, and uh, if you got questions, contact me. There's a on the website. There's a discuss link that goes to a Google group. Post post your questions there. I will gladly help you out.
0: Cool, very cool. So, basically, in a nutshell, what you've set up here is sort of, you you know, you've tried to take the best of all worlds. You've got, you know, tournament times, you've got uh, a tournament scoring system, a a system to post it all up, a system where anyone can come up and set up any rankings they want. Um, And
1: include any event that they want, exactly, yeah
0: wow it's just it's it's everything there and it's all at warscore.net and then they can contact you
1: um whenever they, whenever they need to if they have need help or want to get work sent, something up mhm and there's a there's a fairly extensive help section uh on the website too and um you know the i wh- i I wish i had more time to make warscore easier to use but um it's you know it's a hobby project it's a side project so uh, that means I had to spend more time writing documentation. So definitely spend time on the getting started section for how to use the, the program itself, how to configure a tournament. Um, it's it's a little bit – it takes a little bit of effort to get started on the first one because, you know, the the user interface for the tournament program itself, when you're entering the data, it's it's very much like a spreadsheet, but the configuration is different. Um, there, there are some advantages to that, though, um, I've used spreadsheets, you know, spreadsheets for years, and I'll tell you the worst feeling is when you know you're uh, halfway through round two and you realize that your spreadsheet formulas are all screwed up. Oh, right! And and you're there desperately trying to fix it and hope hope it didn't really make a difference. Um, you know, in in War Score, the configuration and the data entry are completely separate, so. <laughs> it's not going to happen to you. Ah, I see. Okay. Um, oh man, and and then you know, and then of course the after that, uh, you know, when something goes wrong and you got to manually rematch people, um, the you know, war score. The nice thing about war score, it's it's your data. Uh, you can copy and paste into and out of the program from a spreadsheet. So you know, if you want to get your data and publish it yourself, it's it's all there for you. Uh, you can take you can take any publish and push it out to a web page that you can just upload to your website if that's what you want to do. I mean, it's your data, so uh, I'm completely completely cool with that.
0: All right, that's that's really just I mean that's fantastic. <laughs> really, is. I don't know what else to say. I mean, it like it covers everything. I went on it. I mean, it's simple to understand. Everything's right there. Chris, you and I were talking about this just the other day. We were driving out, going out to a friend's house to play some games. And I'm like, I see you went in and you registered and logged in. He's like, Yeah. He's like, it's great. He's like, it's simple, it's straightforward. He's like, there's you know, there's there's not all this nonsense on it. It's just click on your name, click on this. It can list the different stuff that where, where, wherever you fall and look at your rankings and it's it's so simple and easy to understand. It's just it's 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 really great. I mean, we really—you hit it out of the park here.
1: Thanks, thanks. You know, I, I would say for uh, tos, if you're interested, um, get on the site, go through the getting started section. Uh, there, you know, in order for this information to flow through the system, you've got to, you know, you've got to do a few things. So there's a little bit of a burden for the tos. Um, but I think it's worth it because what the benefit to you is, you know, it helps you run your event more smoothly. Uh, you're, you're not going to worry about, you know, accidental rematches. Uh, you're going to be able to, you know, you, you, after the, after you've run the matching algorithm, you can go through and, you know, unmatch people and manually rematch people. You know, every once in a while you, 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 you know, Two people be re- who,
0: yeah, there could just be a reason you need to switch a couple of people. Yeah, yeah, could you know, down on
1: it. the bottom tables. Uh, maybe you got a kid in your tournament, and you know, the points have matched him up with a huge jerk. Right? You're you're gonna you're gonna break that matchup and right. give him exactly. Or you know, there's the occasional fire and ice or uh, oil and water type personalities that should shouldn't even be in the same room, much less on the same table of Warhammer. You know, if it's down at the bottom tables, you fix that, and you can do right. that. Um, it supports grudge matches, too, because with the manual matchups, you know, in round one, all you do before before you do your manual matchups is you just manually take the people who've grudged each other and, and hook them up, ready to go. You know, that, dude,
0: that is just... <laughs> you've got everything covered here. It's like I can't even think of anything else to ask because I've seen you cover, like, everything all the time.
1: Yeah. And so that's the advantage for the TOs. And then the advantage for the players is, you know... They get their match. They get uh, They get their notifications in email. They get a history of who they played. Uh, they can see their results published pretty much right away if the TO wants to do that. Um, also, one thing to keep in mind is you know when you publish that as a tournament organizer, uh, War Score is only going to show what you've told it to show. So if you just say, uh, you know, I, I only want to publish name, table, and opponent, well, then that's what it's going to show. And on your final results, you know, it's only the fields that you've told it to put up there. So like I said, it, it's your data, and, and it belongs to you, and and, and I respect that. Cool. Um, so, you know, the, the, the ask of, of players, people who have experience with it, if you go to a tournament and they're not using it, um, you know, let them know. And you know, let them know that if you think it's worthwhile and you enjoy the benefits that you get out of it, let the to let the to know so that because uh, yeah, maybe they just don't know about the system.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, that's that pretty much says everything, doesn't it?
1: And I tell you, I really appreciate I really appreciate you having me on, Dave. I, you know, I need to get the word out. And- no,
0: dude, it's my pleasure. I, I I think people need to know about this. I mean, I that's, I that's why I asked you to come on. People should hear about this. I mean, especially when Nickel, uh, you know, we changed up how we're doing um, the deci- you know the choosing for next year's Masters. Yeah, oh, what's
1: what's the word on that?
0: Well, that's actually going to be coming up with Ryan in the next uh, in the next segment, and I can't really I can't spill all the beans with that. Oh snap! Uh, my, you'll, my, you'll actually, yeah, you're actually going to have to listen. Um, <laughs> but um, basically, it's not going to be the top two players from the five Midwest tournaments anymore, okay. and uh, there will be some sort of a, a ranking bit involved. And we are using War Score to do it. So, well,
1: that's awesome. Yeah, I've been talking to Ryan a little bit, and you know, keeping him in in the loop on what's going on. So, I I think that'll be a good thing.
0: Yeah, no, I think it's going to be a great thing. Uh, I, I'm really excited about it. So, um, once again, give everybody that uh, that a- that web address, and uh, if they have any questions, where they can contact you.
1: And that is WarScore.net. Uh, I'm on Twitter, Bill Robertson forty two. Um, the the if you have a an in depth question about WarScore, the best place to go there's a discuss link on the website, which takes you to a Google group, and that way, you know. I Sometimes I get very detailed questions, and I'm like, um, "I'm sorry, I can't answer you in 140 characters." <laughs> but uh, you know, contact me on Twitter, whatever, whatever, you do, whatever works for you. I'm there.
0: Cool, Bill. Thank you so much for coming on and telling people about this. Well, thanks, uh, and I wish you nothing but success with this, because I know a lot of tournaments around here have been starting to use it, and I'm hoping to see more and more of them pick it up.
1: Yeah, you know another thing. Another, just add one thing. Uh, War Score has been around for uh, two years now, and it's run some really big tournaments. So, you know, if you're worried about reliability, um, and you know, uh, Overlord, Overlord had a lot of reliability issues. Um, it's it hasn't been an issue. So, um, definitely, definitely give it a shot. Thanks, everybody.
0: Yep. All right. Thanks, Bill. All right. And Take care. Folks, we'll be right back. We're back, and I am here now, folks, with the uh, Midwest region representative,
3: uh, Ryan Nickel. Ryan, thanks for coming on, brother. Thanks for having me. Great to be on again. I always love getting on your show and uh, getting some uh, some uh, audio time with you guys.
0: Well, gee, thank you. So,
3: <laughs> so, um,
0: all right, Ryan's on. Uh, for those who don't know, because uh, basically you know here in the midwest we we really had some trouble sort of deciding how we wanted to uh choose our top 10 uh people to go to the masters um a lot of trouble actually a lot of people just didn't want it to get that crazy competitive that we were all that people were you know fighting for a spot um i mean you know ryan our, our tournaments have generally had a very Casual feel; they're very hobby oriented, um, and a lot of tos are just like, "Yeah, listen, I don't want people coming over and being douchebags just because they're trying to get into a tournament."
3: Yeah, we'll we'll touch on that a little bit later, and kind of the, the way we've made some changes to the the way we're going to choose our our participants. But yeah, I mean, I noticed it at uh, well, Paca, uh this year for sure. I didn't go to get a chance to go to bits, so I'm not sure if uh, you noticed it there. But I, I noticed at Paka that. For the most part, a lot of people still brought the same fun, have a good time list. But there was a lot of people that I think made the changes to their list to to really try to do well.
0: Yeah, and I think that the To's noticed it because they swapped up the rules pack to try to keep it on that sort of a a friendly level. Which, uh, and I'm not saying it's it's not at a friendly level. I think it was it was a good time. I just think that you suddenly started getting.
3: You know, yeah, players
0: not- who were coming to win
3: you know yeah there's definitely a power creep i mean some of the other tournaments you know in the midwest i think i think bits you know there's always those that had this the strong list there uh north star um since that's a 20 system you usually see a lot of you know really solid lists there too so i don't i don't know if it had a huge impact on you know those tournaments and i guess north star hasn't happened again this year so maybe we'll see but um uh, I think I think it definitely maybe you know had a subtle maybe not a huge crazy impact but a definitely a subtle impact on some of the tournaments that we ran in the yeah. Midwest.
0: Now, so what we initially had done was because I mean just people could not decide and we didn't have a real you know system in place for rankings. I mean a lot of, basically a lot of people in the Midwest just are like you know I know Rankings HQ was doing their thing and I I know most of the people I knew just sort of treated it as you know you know a. You know, something kind of funny, you know?
3: Yeah, but, yeah, uh,
0: nobody took it very seriously as far as a ranking thing goes. Um, and now there isn't one, so we didn't really have any way. We didn't have a, a way to rank players, and you know, most players were just like, listen, I don't want to get ranked. I just I don't like that competitive nature.
3: Yeah, I mean, when, when Rankings HQ went down, you had a lot of um, areas like the U.K., um, I think in the Northeast, you had people, hey, what are we going to do? Now that Rankings HQ is down, in the Midwest, you're just like, okay, move on. Exactly. We we didn't have a clamoring for what are we going to do next, you know. It was just something that was kind of enjoyable to look at, but I think for the most part our our Midwest players, you know, didn't care about it too much, you know. It was nice to kind of see where you stack up, but
0: it's
3: gone. It wasn't like the end of the world, so.
0: No, no, exactly. So um, basically what we did was we just took, like, five of the biggest tournaments in the midwest and said the top two players at each tournament would get to go and then people started winning more than one of the tournaments (laughs) and so then you had to figure out where we're going to go down the line what's going to be easiest that way to make sure we're still sending you know people out there it just it kind of became a hot mess
3: yeah and and i think you know last year it sounded like I mean, I I was part of the email. I think there was a blast email that Kevin ended up sending out because he was tired of going through person by person. I think he sent it out to like 10 to 15 players. He's like, first two that get back to me can go to Masters. You know, it was like, he he, you know, I think he got to a point where he's just like, I need people there. And so he sent a a mass email out. Unfortunately, I was already scheduled an event at my house that weekend. So, (laughs) yeah.
0: So, yeah, I mean, it's just. That seems how it happened, you know, and yeah. so you and I sat down and you came up actually with this really, you you know, you, you ran it past me. I'm, I'm the second guy in the Midwest in case people who've listened to this haven't paid attention. Um, but so you came up with the idea and you've actually been throwing the ideas past me and we've been chit-chatting about it and um, then you sent it out to most of the TOs like that, that organized the larger events in the region. And you sent it out to all the guys who went to the masters last year for the Midwest, right?
3: Yeah. So, you know, the two of us sat down together and said, Hey, you know, where, where can we improve upon this? You know, where, where should we take it? And I I put together what I think would be a really good system. Um, and went, proposed it to you. You kind of gave it the okay with a few minor tweaks and then I said, well, before we, you know, make this official, let's let's see what other people out there, you know, what their comments are. So, yeah, I sent it to all the TOs, all of the past performers at the Masters, and actually everybody that's gotten an invite this year, too. So, um, a lot of um, of the big names in the Midwest, a lot of the TOs, um, all uh, lent us their feedback, and uh, what we have now is kind of the result of that, so...
0: So you want to explain so people listening will understand how we're uh, how we're picking people.
3: Sure. So um, you know, coming on to coming into this role, uh, I feel like you know the the idea that the top two for each GT um, that's that's not a bad way to do it. Um, I, did, I think it kind of worked for us, but you know, obviously we had there was a few issues with um, when one or two people would start declining or one or two people were getting invites from multiple tournaments. Um, it, it, it kind of gets a little more convoluted toward as you go. So um, what we decided was that we would move to our own kind of unique um, ranking system within the Midwest. So um, before everyone freaks out, um, I think, you know, some of the, the feedback that we got um, originally, or you got, you and Kevin got originally was that they didn't want, you know, you don't want to see a ranking system because next thing you know, the people, the only people getting the invites are the ones that are going to five, six, seven tournaments a year. And, you know, a a really good player that only makes it to, you know, maybe Wapaka and Northstar or, you know, Oh, um, Buckeye battles and Ocon or, or whatever, or Adepticon,
2: you know, all of a sudden
3: they're now they're probably not going to make rankings because they go to two tournaments. So they got to do really well at those two tournaments and otherwise they're in trouble. Um, so the, the worry, you know, that the, the good thing about having the first and second in the G, at top two GTs is like, you know, you could have a guy that goes to one GT and he can make the make the masters, which okay, that's you know, that's great. But is somebody who in the Midwest is only going to one GT a year, you know, are they somebody that we want representing the Midwest and the Masters? You know, are they dedicated enough to put in the time to you know, are are, are they one of the top ten in the Midwest? And I think that's that was one of the the drawbacks of that system was did we really send the top 10 right. of, of our region? Um, I think we sent 10 great players. Um, obviously we had the overall winner. Um, so, and we, I think, I think our region got second or third. So, I, th- I mean, obviously we sent some really good players cause they performed well, but um, I think moving to um, a ranking system um, is what we're going to be doing for 2015. So um, there's a few details I guess we can go over. Yeah. Um, so first of all, I guess we might as well talk about the ranking system. Uh, the ranking system is going to be used um, to score your top two finishes. Now, uh, the reason we chose two finishes is so that we um, encourage players to that will go to more than one tournament, but that also are willing to um, are, are not you're not forcing them to go to four tournaments like Rankings HQ. Right. Um, so that's, that's the first thing is it's going to be a top two average score of your, um, rankings. And the rankings are going to be done. The score you're going to get is, um, is going to be from anywhere between zero to 100. Um, and a hundred points is going to, is what, again, what you get for first overall. And then each position after that is going to go down by two points. So seconds, 98, thirds, 96, uh, fourth is 94 and so on until we reach 50th place, which would be worth two points towards your score. Right now, I, some of the feedback was: Do we need to go to the fiftieth place? Um, probably not, because if you get fiftieth place, that two points when it's average to whatever else other score you get, probably not going to get you in the top ten. Um, but it does make it easier for me when I go to rank um, to show that you have participated in that tournament. Which is the next piece: is two of your you have to participate in t- at least a minimum of two Midwest tournaments in order to qualify.
0: Right. So you got to have you got to hit two Midwest tourna- tournaments. Um, they don't have to be your, you know, those don't have to be your best ones. But I think one of the reasons we moved away from just having Midwest qualifiers, (laughs) excuse me, is because we only have so many and, um,
3: some of them are becoming so
0: popular. It's actually hard for Midwest players that all want to compete to get into them.
3: Yeah. And, and, um, we'll talk, you know, that's, that's kind of the, the next section is, you know, what, what is a qualifying tournament for your rankings? Um, so, you might, you, we might as well touch on it now. Um, we kind of we kind of said another piece of the problem with uh, the old ranking system was the U.S. Masters. I feel like was set up to kind of bring the United States as a whole together as a tournament scene, and I feel like the way that the Midwest had chosen to rank or send Masters was um, kind of elitist. Like you, could, you could only qualify by playing in five different tournaments, right? Um, so, hey, you want to go to um, the East Coast tournament. You want to go to um, Quake City Rumble. You want to go to uh, Lone Wolf. You want to go, you know, Bayou Battles. Any, any of these tournaments you wanted to go to to meet some of the guys you met at AdeptCon or meet some of the guys you met at Walpaca and go to their tournaments um, or Rock Wars, which I just went to, there's, you know, you might do really well in one of those tournaments, but the way we were saying is that didn't matter to the Midwest. You know, and it wasn't that specific. It wasn't like that we were saying that, but in the end, that that result or that tournament didn't help you. Um, so, um, all all, um, tournaments that reach a minimum number of players, which is going to be sixty, a minimum number of games, which is going to be five, and a minimum and maximum point levels of fifteen hundred and three thousand, um, will will be a qualifying tournament. Now. As we mentioned before, you have to go to two Midwest qualifiers. And in order to be a Midwest qualifier, um, it has to meet the qualifying tournament criteria, which I just went over. And then it also has to be within the Midwest, which is defined as Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, and Michigan. So if that tournament falls in one of those states, it qualifies as one of your two Midwest tournaments. Yep. Yeah. So... That's, I mean, those, there's, some, there's some other details around um, qualifying tournaments, but those are, that's the, the main stuff that, that you need to know. I'll have the, the rankings and, and the qualifying and everything um, posted um, on the Midwest Gamers website. And then I'll put, post a link in Garage Hammer forums and IWFB forums and any other forums that um, people would like me to put it.
0: Right, it'll so. be on Wargamer USA. Yep. And so, I mean, basically, I mean, it sounds kind of complex, but it's actually pretty simple. You got a right. big enough tournament in the Midwest. It's a Midwest qualifier, unless the TO for some reason says I don't want to be a qualifier, which we haven't run into that
3: yet. But yes. so that was one thing I, meant, I mentioned earlier is that um, we do we did put in an opt out clause. So if the TO sends me a note um, and says, "Hey, I don't want my tournament to be a qualifier because I think it a um, forces people to want to bring too tough a list or b brings the wrong." crowd or what, for whatever reason they choose to i'm not going to ask any questions if they send me an email talk to me call me send me a note on the, the forums i don't want screw city i don't want bits i don't want whatever to be a qualifier all they have to do is let me know and i'll try to disseminate that information to the masses so that they know that that's not a qualifier yeah um, like i like you said we haven't had that come up Um, and we sent this to a lot of the TOs and none of them responded that they would like their tournament out. So hopefully, um, moving forward that the, the TOs realize that, you know, the, U S masters is a, is a good thing for the hobby and good thing for the community. Um, it's basically, it's your top two scores. One of them is going to be a Midwest tournament. So, um, yeah, if, yeah, like you said, uh, pretty straightforward. One's going to come from the Midwest and one can be from any, any other tournament Midwest or outside the Midwest. So, right. Um,
0: And this relieves the pressure of having to keep playing at all these different Midwest tournaments and trying to win them. Because let's face it, I could go in and have a really lucky day with some really good dice. I mean, I'm a decent player. I usually finish in the top third, maybe. And to me, that's pretty damn good, you know, for Mm -hmm. where I used to be. Um, But I could go in there with a day and have some amazing dice and suddenly win something, you know. And be like, oh, look, I'm a master. And I don't think anybody who knows me would say that. You know, but this this sort of takes out the the need to you know have that one really great day because let's face it, anyone when you're playing a dice game, anyone can have that really great day. This way,
3: yeah, yeah and and you know, I think this this will reward that that person that can you know finish really well two times, you know, or or, three, or like, yeah. say, say I finish third at Wapaca and then I finish fourth at North Star. Like, I'm I'm probably a pretty good player. But I didn't get – I didn't quite get enough points somewhere along the line to get first or second. Right. And if that first or second player, both from the Midwest, and they both want to go to the, the Masters, I'm not going because I just quite, couldn't quite get over the hump to get best overall, even though I might be, you know, one of the top ten players. Like, you know, somebody who beat me on one of those days may have not gotten another finish in the top 20. Exactly. You know, really good tournament. Exactly. So,
0: and so this way, it, it it rewards those who guys who go to a lot of tournaments and consistently place
3: well. Yeah, and and so the the more consistent you can be, obviously you'd need more more tournaments to rank. But we also kind of brought it back from like a four or a three because we also didn't want to disclude or you know screw those disclude. guys who don't make <laughs> not want- a not a word.
0: No, it's no, it's not a word. Uh, Exclude. There we yes, go. There you go. I'm sorry, I don't mean to word. laugh at you, but
3: it was like one of those moments where you just couldn't think of the word. Oh, and... I
0: got you. And so you're like, hey, I'm thinking of something.
3: Oh, yeah. Exclude. That's what I was looking there for. There you go.
0: Yeah, you don't want to be excluded because you can't. You know, because that's got to be frustrating. I mean, you're sitting there, and you're you're coming in and these high, you're ranking high constantly, and it's like mm. you know, there's you know it's fr- it's frustrating especially if you're one of those competitive type players to be i mean this way you can you know hey i did really well in the midwest in a couple of rounds you know now i've got a whole year's worth of tournaments all over the country to try to hit that first place and get that full points and do that
3: yep yeah i mean um, the the other thing that we kind of talked about was you know do we use best general instead of best overall Um, because it is a master's tournament, which is primarily, um, a, you know, they're, they're mainly looking at who's the best general, you know, not looking at sports or paint, Yeah. Uh, but we still kind of, you know, come back to, Hey, we're still the Midwest. And I think we still pride ourselves on, on showing up to the masters with good paint and good sports. And so we want to reward those people that are still doing those things within our region. So we, we still are going with best overall. Exactly. So um, I'm trying to think of anything else. There's some other details around, like, change of residency and tiebreakers and stuff, but I don't need to go over you know, them. No, that it.
0: stuff, we, that's, that's going to be posted on uh, US, uh, Wargamers USA. There will be a link in Garage Hammer. It will be, be on uh, Midwest Warhammer. So, I mean... It'll be in so many places. If you want to check that stuff out, you can check it out.
3: Yep, yep, and I'm always available um, via Twitter or email. I've got um, a Twitter handle and a Yahoo um, email if anybody ever has any questions. Uh, We're still waiting for our two final um, spots uh, for Northstar this year, so I'll be sending those invites out to those players after October 25th once we find out who won. Um, And, oh, one one final thing. Um, In order to qualify – um, as a Midwest player, we, we did say you have to be be in the Midwest for <laughs> you have to live um, in the Midwest, yeah. So that's again those those states: Iowa, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Michigan, and Ohio. I know uh, I think the Northeast allows even like Canadians to qualify in their in their uh, region, um, but for us, you know, hey, just Midwest. So if you come yeah. to our tournament from the West Coast or you come to the tournament from the East Coast, like in you know one of our Midwest, like and you you finish. Um, in second or third, uh, we're actually going to skip that spot for scoring. So, if say somebody from the UK comes to Waupaca this year and gets second, um, nobody is actually going to get ninety-eight points. So we're well, actually right. skip that over. So that's another clarification: is um, if you get third, but you're the best Midwest, you're not going to get a hundred. You're actually going to get ninety-six.
0: Right. So exactly.
3: We're gonna we're gonna reward your position, not your position. Within relation to other Midwest players, right. and that's another change. So, right. I think that's I think that's about it. Today. I think it is no, on? I
0: think we I think we hit hit it on all cylinders there. If anyone's got any questions, email you
3: know yeah, um, it's MWW so Midwest uh, Warhammer at yahoo dot com MWW at yahoo.com. dot <laughs> Yes. M.W. Warhammer M.W. Warhammer at Yahoo.com Yahoo. yep.
0: Alright, cool Ryan, thanks for stopping in I'm certain you'll be on again at some point before the Masters or right after the Masters to talk mm-hmm. Yeah, sure. Uh, excellent, man, thank you so much for coming on and uh, explaining all this to everybody because you did it better than I could
3: so. <laughs> well, I don't know. I said things like disclude and uh, couldn't couldn't give you my email address straight. But that's you know, okay. My best.
0: Well, you know what? The spelling and the real word stuff. I'm the English teacher. I'll just be douchey and make fun of you for it because you know.
3: Perfect. I need. I need. I need. You go check every once in a while, right? Yeah. <laughs> that's what my wife says.
0: Yeah. Hey, what do you want? You're the popular and the handsome one. I have to make fun of your grammar. That's okay. It works that way. All Fair right. You know. I will talk to you soon, brother. Take it easy, right,
3: man. Yep. Have a good night.
0: Alright, folks, so that's a show. I hope you've enjoyed it. Um, Once again, thanks to Jerry and Bill and Ryan for all coming on. Um, New stuff in the Masters, new stuff in the ranking system, and you can use that war score for your own running your own tournament. And then hopefully. well, if you didn't find uh, if, hopefully if you don't live in the midwest you still found uh, us trying to figure out how in the hell to run a ranking system for just our region hopefully you found that interesting um we will be back uh, i don't know when the next garage gamer is coming out but boy we've got we've got lots of nagash coming up we've got a whole bunch of stuff lined up for garage hammer and uh if you're enjoying the Nagash stuff, you might want to give a listen after Eleanor well, where we give that sort of a treatment to the Forest Heresy. And even if you don't play 40k, you gotta admit the fluff on that's pretty fantastic. So, um, looking forward to talking to you guys soon, and thanks for listening. All right, right. Let's do the Yayas now.